my burden shares None but Thee, dear Lord None but Thee Just a closer walk with Thee Granted, Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be When my feeble life is old Time for me will be no more Guide me gently, safely on To thy kingdom to thy shore Just a closer walk with thee Granted Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be Let it be, dear Lord, let it be pronounce that Heron, <laughs> but we'll do Heron this morning. So uh, Heron and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, which could be Sarah, um, his son, Abram's wife, and they went out from, I'm just trying to make everybody feel at home this morning. Is that okay? And uh, they went out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Heron and dwelt there. And so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Heron. Well, I hope you had some good uh, God moments during the holidays. I hope God did some kind of cool things, and you saw God at work and, and uh, active in your life during the holidays, and uh, we did. One of my favorite God moments, and I asked my sister-in-law, Allie, if I could share this because it kind of comes from her, and it really bridges the gap from what we did last year at the end of the year when I was preaching to what we're going to do now. We were sitting around the table talking after breakfast one morning, and uh, Laura had mentioned to Allie that I was preaching, um, had been preaching a series on Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. And Allie's like, oh man, I wish I would have known that. I would have I listened to those. Now, not that she would have stayed home from church. She's very active in her church. She teaches Sunday school a lot. I'm very active in children's ministry, but she's talked about times other than at church. She said, I would love to have, have watched that. And uh, she said, because earlier in the year, uh, her dad... Uh, Laura's dad and Allie's dad, their dad has dementia, 
and is not able to live by himself anymore. And so he went to live with Becky, the oldest daughter. And Allie was praying about having him come stay with her for about a month. And that was very challenging. It was going to be very challenging for her. I mean, she loves her dad. That was, she wanted to do that. But her and her husband both work full-time jobs. Allie can work from home some, but that's a full-time job. They have three children, all in school. And so, uh, and her dad can't be left alone because he has dementia. He'll wander off and he can't cook. And so it was, it was something she wanted to do, but it was going to be very difficult. It's going to present some pretty big challenges for her to do this for a month. And so... She was praying about it one morning and uh, asking God, God, please, I really need to know, want to know what you want me to do. And as she was praying, she was, uh, and as she was having her quiet time, this is a good reason to have your quiet time, right? Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 came up in her quiet time and she read, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him. Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And Allie said, when I read that, she said, I, I've read verses before that they kind of stood out to me, you know. And I thought, maybe this is God's verse for me. Maybe this is something God's saying to me. She said, but I never had one hit me like that one hit me. She said, boy, that one, it was just like a light. Boy, I think this may be God's word for me for what I'm praying about for my dad. And so she went to church that Sunday, and her pastor preached on, guess what? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And so he preached on that, and uh, Allie's like, man, I need to go forward and, um, and ask him to pray for me, because I think this is God's word to me. I think this is what God is saying. And she did something none of you have ever done. Um, she talked herself out of it. And she didn't go forward, and she didn't ask her pastor to pray for her, but it stayed on her mind. And so during the uh, next week, she continued to pray that way, went back to church the following Sunday, and their Sunday school class was on Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. And uh, Allie shared with us, this is why you should go to Sunday school, right? Because you get a chance to talk to people and share with people. They can talk with you and pray for you and open up. And, and uh, this is a great time to kind of get real with your relationship with God. And so she shared with her class, hey, this is what's going on with me. Prayed about my dad coming. This verse showed up. Uh, pastor prayed, preached about it last week, and I wanted to go down. I let him talk. So they prayed for her in class. And uh, that morning... She did go forward, and she told her pastor what was kind of on her heart, and, uh, and he prayed for her, and uh, so they did make the decision for her dad to come stay with them, and uh, it was terrible. No, not kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. She said it went better than she could have expected. Her dad's agnostic. He's a scientist, and, uh, which means he believes there could be of God, but he doesn't think there is. And um, so he, she said while he was staying with her and went to church with her because you know, he had to go to church because he couldn't leave him by himself, so he went to church with her. And he, she said a couple of things that really stood out. One was she got a chance to share her testimony with her dad about how she became a Christian, how she gave her life to Christ. And, of course, she was very nervous about that. I mean, Laura's talked to her dad about it. Others have talked to her, her dad. Well, it's just Laura and Wendy and Allie are the three Christians in the family. And, in fact, one of the nieces has become a Christian. She talked to Grandpa George about becoming a Christian. And, and so Allie shared 
full out her testimony with her dad. And she said he was very receptive. Now, he didn't become a Christian, but he listened and he was receptive to it. And she said one Sunday when they were in Sunday school, she was teaching. Now, he's a scientist, okay? And uh, she was teaching. She's a little nervous about him, especially with dementia. No matter what he's taught to say during Sunday school with the kids and stuff. And so she was teaching about how God created the stars, knows all the stars by name, and said her dad spoke up and said, if God created the stars... That he can create everything. She's like, where to go, Dad? <laughs> it's really cool. And so it went, just like Ephesians 3, 3, 20, 21 says, it went better than she expected it to go, just like God's Word said. And I tell you that story to bridge the gap between God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, right? Beyond all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus for all generations. So bridging that gap, what God can do, and then not settling for what God has done. Allie could have said, I mean, she's a wonderful Jesus follower. She loves the Lord. She has devotions with her kids, prays with her kids, extremely involved in her church. She does, I mean, she has a wonderful Christian life. She could have settled and said, no, I'm doing a lot. I don't need to add this to it. But she let God stretch her some. Let God stretch her some and uh, see things that she had never seen before. And that's my challenge for you today. Do you want to grow and experience God more in 2024? Do you, are you really wanting to stretch? Look at me. Do you want to stretch and grow? Or do you just want to settle where you're at and just kind of do the same old thing? Because that's God's challenge to us. Do you really want a closer walk with God? Or do you want to grow? I mean, imagine, imagine if you set, because a lot of people, you see, you can grow or you can settle. A lot of Christians, somewhere along the line, they just sort of settle kind of nice person, go to church occasionally, and just kind of settle. They're not really growing to where God wants them to be. Imagine if you said that to your family. Sweetheart, I'm about as close to you as I want to be. Love you about as much as I want to love you kids. I'll spend about, about, about all the time I want to spend with y'all. You know, that's what we did last year. I don't want to get any closer to y'all. I'm just, just kind of fine with what we got. I mean, no, well, how would you respond to that? Like, what are you, crazy? What are you talking about? You don't want to get any closer. You don't want to grow in love. You don't want to, you don't want to get to know me any better. I mean, that would sound ludicrous, but some people, though they haven't said it, it's how they live. Kind of settle in here with what I've got going. Now, this morning we read about the very early days of Abram or Abraham. And I want you to see something here that's very it's very important, it's very eye-opening about are you going to stretch or settle? Everybody say stretch or settle. Yeah, let's look at it because this just goes back to when God called Abraham to go to the land of Canaan where he's going to form his people. Out of that's going to come Jesus. That's a really big deal, right? Look, if you will, in Genesis chapter 11 and we'll see that his dad was involved in the beginning. One day, Terah, that's Abraham or Abram's dad, took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarah, son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed, watch this, Terah and Abraham were headed to Canaan. But they stopped. Everybody say stopped. They stopped at Haran and settled. Everybody say settled. 
And they settled there. And Terah lived for 205 years and died while he was still in Haran. And we don't know if God spoke to Terah or not. But we do know that God spoke to Abraham way back at Ur of the Chaldees. He didn't speak to him after this. He spoke to him before this. We don't find that out until we get to Acts chapter 7 when Stephen tells us it. Look at Acts chapter 7 verse 2. It says to this, this is Stephen. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before, everybody say before, before he lived in Haran. This is way back when he was with his dad and they were traveling, okay? Maybe God appeared to his dad. We don't know. Or maybe Abraham shared with his dad what God was doing. But his dad is a part of this somehow. He said, leave your country and your people, God said, go to the land that I will show you. So I don't know. I don't know. Somehow know that Terah's involved. We don't know to what degree he's involved. But here's the thing. Terah got distracted. And he took a detour. And he went a different direction. And probably saying, like a lot of us, I had a little distraction, a little detour. I'm coming back. I'm going to get there one day. I'm going to get to that place of full surrender. I'm going to get to that place of praying to my family. I'm going to get to that place of being a good witness to my school. I'm going to get to that place. But watch me, watch me. Heron, I mean, Tara died in Heron. And he settled. And he never got there. What started out... Watch this. What started out as a distraction became a destination. Guys, that is a warning for us in 2024 this morning. Don't let what started out as a distraction become a destination. They went as far as Herod and settled there. That word settled means to stay in one place. The Hebrew word is translated in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, means to settle down, to be at home. This started out as a place to go and visit, and he made himself at home. And if you're not careful in your Christian life, you're going to get a place one day, a place where you're kind of carnal, kind of backslid, kind of lukewarm, not really falling in love with Jesus, not really growing, not really praying to get closer to God every day. And it's just a distraction. It's just, but it's going to end up be in your home. You're going to end up living there, and if you're not careful, you're going to die there. You're going to die. I'm going to ask you something. Do you want to die where you are in your relationship with Jesus today? Is this, is this are, you, are you good? <laughs> let, me say, let, me say, let me say it this way. Anybody here want to say, you know, I think I'm about as much like Jesus as I need to be. I think I'm good. I got to know about as much about the Bible as I really need to know. I think I've led about as many people to Christ as I really need to. I think about it, I've had about as much influence in my workplace and school. I think I've discipled my kids about all I, I need to. I kind of love people about as much as I, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Once in a while when I go to the restaurant, I'll ask the waitress, you know, would you want me to pray for you? A lot of times they'll say, I'm good. Dude, I can't imagine anybody in here would say, I'm good. I'm as much like Jesus, know enough about the Bible, pray as good as, I mean, my prayer life is as good as it, it needs to be. Uh, J.C. Riles, pastor of another, man, this was years ago, he said there is a common worldly kind of Christianity in this day, and as I said, this is hundreds of years ago. In this day, 
which many have that they think have enough. They've settled a cheap Christianity which offends nobody, requires no sacrifice, which costs nothing, and is worth nothing. Guys, it's too soon to settle. It's too soon to settle as an individual. It's too soon to settle as a family. It's too soon to settle as an individual. Are we going to stretch or are we going to settle in the coming year? I was listening to a guy talk about growing as a Christian the other day. And he said some people have been a Christian 30 years and they have 30 years of growing in Christ. Now watch this. Others, he said, have 30 years of the same old mediocre thing. You can grow for 30 years, or you can just repeat the same old mediocre thing for 30 years and just settle and not grow at all. So this kind of year, we've been talking about one word the last several years. A lot of people make resolutions, and that's fine. You make all the resolutions you want to. They're good. The thing about resolutions are 90% or more people don't keep them. Okay, 90% or more don't keep them. 50% will fail by the end of January. I love what one guy said. He said, you know, I'm going to join a health club this year because I want to lose about $30 a month. <laughs> kind of what that ends up being, right? And so I want, instead of doing that, I want to talk about something we've, a lot of us have found helpful. It's just one word. Ask God to give you one word that will help you stretch and not settle. I just got to give you one word for the year. We're going to talk next week about how to kind of live that thing out, how to keep it on your mind. But today, my challenge for you is to ask God for one word for the coming year. One lady wrote this. She said, my word is transformation. By the end of the year, I want to be so transformed that it's no longer me you see but God. And she put it on Facebook. Amen? That's accountability. I read about a guy named Sid. Sid's a uh, lives in a village in Laos, and uh, he's, he's kind of like one of the big leaders of the village. He's a Christian, been holding worship services in his home. And uh, the people from the, from the surrounding areas came, some of the leaders, political kind of leaders, came and said, you can't have worship services in your home. You're not going to be able to do that. And so he said, well, you know, I'm going to keep, now I'm not going to quit following Jesus. Jesus has done way too much for me to me to stop following him. And so they said, all right, if you're not going to do it, you're going to lose your job. And so they came, they forced him out of his job, lost his job, lost his status, lost his income, okay? That's a guy that's stretching, not settling, amen? Amen? And this is what he said. He said, I love God because he brings peace to my family. I rejoice in God. I do not regret losing this income because I'm growing in Christ. Can you say that? Really? Really? All right, so let's talk, about, let's talk about a couple of things here. Ask God to give you a word to stretch, not settle. I'm going to talk about three things quickly to help us think about this and to ask God. And it's something that we've done for several years. If you know somebody that's part of our church, I would encourage you to ask them to watch this video to kind of, that's something we talk about all year. So I'm glad you're here today. It's something we talk about all year. First of all, there needs to be a desire. There needs to be a desire. What I'm talking about is a desire not to have a fantastic year. Now, as your pastor, I hope every one of you have a fantastic year. I hope your family has a fantastic year. I hope your finances do. I hope your emotions do. I mean, I want you to have the best year possible. But it's not about a fantastic year. It's about a year that we focus on Christ. It's not about a, no, I really want to have a great year. It's about a year of knowing God. 
rejoicing in God, following Jesus, re receiving what God has for us, not what the world offers us. The idea is I want to experience and follow Jesus more than I want anything else to happen this year. Because here's the thing, God is far superior to anything else you can live for this year. It's far superior to any temporary pleasure. Can I get an amen? It's far superior to what people think about you. It really is. We don't live that way a lot of times, but it really is. It's far superior to any amount of money that you can make. He's far superior to just doing what I want. He's far superior to being lazy and selfish. We say, and if I asked you, is God superior to all those things, you'd all say yes, probably because you're in church. You know you're supposed to. But do we live that? Can we ask God to give us a word to help us to live that way? Um, that's what our one word's about. It's not about having a great year. It's about having a godly year. It's not about getting my way. It's about giving in. Everybody say giving in. It's about giving in to God's way. A lot of times I, if I research stats and statistics and things like that, I go to the Barna organization. They're a Christian organization. They do a lot of research and I trust them. And one of the things I found out, you know, they, when they do a survey, like they do a survey about what Christians believe, well, they'll have to define what a Christian is. Christian somebody who's made a personal decision to follow Jesus. They made a personal decision to receive Christ's salvation, you know, to receive forgiveness of their sins. You know, and so they'll, they'll ask several questions. In the last couple of years, when they'd researched church members, committed church members, they, and it used to be different. They've, 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 they've lowered the bar because it's hard to find people to research. These days, when Barna does research, they consider a committed Christian somebody that goes to church physically once a month once a month so let me ask you something if you went to work for somebody and you said man this is a fantastic job this is just what I want I'm so excited about working here and I plan on showing up once a week how, how would that be and here's the problem. With the commitment levels going down, church attendance levels going down, we're not getting better. How about that for a surprise of all surprises? 70% of teenagers when they graduate high school are not going to be significantly involved in a church after that. 70%. If you moved and you went to a school and your child's in the ninth grade and you said, man, I want my child to go to, to go to school here. And they said, great, we'd love for them to go to school. What's your graduation rate? About 30%. Really? You graduate 30% of your students? Yeah, most of them only come about 25% of the time. Well, and, and of those that come 25% of the time, got less than half of those parents that are really involved in their education they don't call out spelling words they don't see if they've done their homework they don't check progress reports and things like that you say what is that about well that's about the last time I preached when I said John Avant asked 400 Christian men at a Christian conference how many of you've ever heard your dad pray out loud and 14 raise their hand that's not involved okay if you had a school that's only graduating 30%, you say, hey, something's going wrong. If we got 70% of our teenagers that are not following Christ after high school, something's wrong. And we need to look at what's going on with the parents and what's going on with the teachers, what's going on with the church culture that they're being raised in. You see, guys, 
Tara died in Heron. And I don't think any of us want to die where we are. I want to grow in Christ, de develop more of a heart for Jesus. Then that's why, you see, going to church, and by the way, going to church in America for the worship service is not very conducive to making you a fully devo devoted follower of Jesus. It's not enough. That's why we do weekly growth suggestions. That's why we do Sunday schools. That's why we do prayer meeting on Wednesday nights where we talk about what God's doing in our life and we pray. That's why we um, do things like UIC. That's why we go to youth camps and mission camps. And why do we do all this? Because sitting and listening for an hour a week is not enough to help you really become the kind of follower of Jesus that God wants you to become. So first of all, you've got to have a desire. Secondly, we want to discover we don't want to pick a word. The idea here is, God, would you give me a word that would help me stretch and not settle? Would you give me the word that's on your heart? See, here's what the idea. See, God, I want to be more in 2024. I want to be more like Christ. Somebody say amen. I want to be more in love with Jesus. I want to be more filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be more influential for the kingdom. I want to be a more effective witness. I want to be a more intentional parent. God, what's a word that will lead me that direction? So I got some questions for you to ask. Got them on the back of your bulletin. Uh, hopefully you take some time to unplug. Take some time to turn off your phone and in your quiet time to think about these questions and to ask God what he wants for you in the coming year. So here's a couple of questions. First of all, what do I need? And what, more importantly, what does God want me to focus on during this coming year? What do I need to be more like Jesus in the coming year? So you ask yourself that question. Notice we're asking about God's heart. It's not what do you want for the coming year. Want to lose 20 pounds, want to gain $100,000, want to start a new retirement program. Oh, that's fine. What do you need to grow more like Jesus? What do you need to live closer to Jesus? You can flip the question. If you're, that question doesn't resonate with you. Flip the question. What does my family need from me? What does my community need from me? What does my church need from me. It's not about self-improvement. This is about direction from God. Second question, what's in my way? What's in my way? What, what stands in the way of me being closer to Jesus? What are some of the barriers? These are usually mental barriers like procrastination, like apathy, like spiritual laziness, like unbelief, like fear, selfishness, something like that. You see, you, you could even ask it this way. What do I wish I had done this last year for Jesus? What do I wish I'd seen God do in this last year? See, if, you're, if the thing that's in your way is fear, your word might be faith. If it's apathy, your word might be action. If it's laziness, your word might be love. Third question, what needs to go? <laughs> what needs to go? Hurry? Maybe the word humble. Stress? Maybe the word submit. Regret? Maybe the word repent or release. Wasted time? Self-centeredness? What needs to go? Ask yourself this question. What was your biggest time waster this past year? What was your biggest time waster? Because that's one of the things that got in the way. What do you regret the most about the last year? Ask God about that. This is not about guilt. This is about getting closer to Jesus, okay? By changing nothing, nothing changes. Fourth one, what do I need more of? What do you need more of? You need more joy? You need more courage? You need more peace? Listen, what do I need to be more effective witness? What do I need to be a godlier parent? What do, I, what do I need more of to be like Jesus? Might help you a little bit. The next one, what needs to change? 
Need to change your mindset. Need to change your purpose. Need to change your commitment. Need to change worrying about what other people think. Need to change comparing yourself to somebody else. What needs to change? I need to spend more time in God's Word. I'm doing social media. Uh, one more. What matters the most? What matters the most to God? What matters the most to those closest to you? By the way, if you spend a week or two or three and you can't come up with one word, ask your wife. She knows it. You got to be courageous to do this, all right? Ask your husband. He's got a pretty good idea. Ask your parents. They got a pretty good idea. Ask your kids. They got a pretty good idea. If you just cannot think of any word that's going to help you become more like Jesus, closer to Christ, people around you know it. <laughs> they see it. So you can ask them for a little bit of help. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Ask God for your one word for the year. Look and listen for how he responds. And then I want us to have a... Uh, uh, a prayer emphasis for Hopewell. And I ask you to pray for, and I didn't know the right word, but I just used the word open heaven. Pray for an open heaven for the Hopewell family. What I mean by that is clear communication. That we hear from God, receive from God, sense God's leadership, sense God's nudge, that we would clear out anything that hinders us from hearing and responding and obeying God. So pray, this is your prayer request for the church, pray for God to give us an open heaven, a clear communication with him. I was reading about a guy named Francis Xavier. He went on a mission trip to China, listen to this, in the 1500s, before vaccinations, before uh, they knew anything much about China and that kind of things. And so there's all manner of dangers, dangers from being killed, dangers from disease and the trips on a boat and seasickness and it's just so many dangers. Everybody, you know, what are all the dangers? Listen to what Francis Xavier said. The danger of all dangers would be to lose trust and confidence in the mercy of God. To distrust him, everybody say distrust. To distrust God would be a far more terrible thing than any physical evil which all the enemies of God put together could inflict upon us. For without God's permission, neither the devils nor their human ministers could hinder us in the slightest degree. That's a challenging prayer. Last of all is depend. So, we need a desire for God more than anything else. For God's Presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E -E, God's presence more than God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. -E -E we want to love the creator more than we love his gifts, okay, more than the creation or the things that he's created, which includes other people. And then we, we ask God, God, what is it? It's on your heart. What do you want? And then we depend. We depend on God to give it to us. We ask and we expect to receive. We ask and we expect to receive. And don't feel like, man, I've got to get this just right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is not a test. You don't, you don't, you don't have, it's not a perfect word, probably. Just ask God for a word that's going to help you stretch and not settle. Everybody say stretch and not settle. Ask him for it. Hey, let me just give you some jumper cable words. Just some, uh, just some just words to get you thinking. Okay, here's some words. Serve, love, peace, connect. Now, let me just ask you, I don't ask, this, your word may not be up here. Worship, improve, life, grit, stretch, God, gratitude, give, surrender. The other word, I got the word detox from somebody who was not an addict. They detoxed from social media and from screens. That was where their detox was. So anyway, commitment, all those, all those, just look at those words. Hopefully, hopefully your word's not annoying. 
Hopefully your word is not grouchy. Hopefully your word is not hunting or shopping or talking or criticizing. But here's what I want you to do this week. Here's what I encourage you to do this week. In your quiet time, as you read, just write down possibilities. Write down possibilities. Lord, what's on your heart for me this year? God has a heart for you. God has a desire for you. God has a will for you. God, what's, what's on your heart for me during this coming year? And then as you have conversations, listen. As you read your quiet time, listen. If you read Christian books, listen to Christian songs. Just listen and say, God, I'm listening for you. I want you to do this. And then uh, put yourself in a place that you can hear uh, from God. And beyond everything else, make sure that your heart's right. That your heart is pure before God. You're sincere. This is not a New Year's resolution. It's not self-improvement. But Lord, I really do want more in 2024. More of you. More of your love. More effective for you. More used by you. And then put a prayer on the screen. We're going to leave this prayer up during the invitation time and during our commitment time. Lord, as we start 2024, we ask you to make it a life-changing breakthrough year. We don't want a good year. We want a God year. Everybody say God year. May you mark it with your power, your presence. Strengthen us every day. May this be the best year, and by the best we mean best for Jesus' sake, ever in Jesus' name. I'm going to leave that up there. I want you to stand, if, you're, if you will, if your head's bowed and eyes closed. As you stand, consider making that prayer your prayer during our time of commitment this morning. Consider that prayer being the prayer from your heart to God sincerely. If you want a copy of it, I'll say I've got, a, I've got it in my notes. I can text you or email you a copy of that prayer if you want it. Your head's bowed and eyes closed. Lisa's going to start playing here softly in a minute. Can you honestly say, that's my prayer for 2024? I want a breakthrough year with God. As a church, you're willing to pray for our church? Breakthrough year with Jesus this year. The same use us to touch more people for his glory than ever before. To use us like he wants to. A sense of his presence. A sense when you walk in the building that you know you're in the presence of God. You pray that for this church this year. Father, in Jesus' name I pray. You give us a word. That turn our hearts towards you. Show us, Lord, anything we need to do to be more right with you and more right with each other. Anything we need to repent of, turn away from. And tune in. God, I do pray this week you'd speak into our hearts. Give us a word we can concentrate on this year. Keep us stretching and not settling. God, don't let us die in heaven. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking.